Welcome to Keeping It Real with Shana Recker, the podcast that shares authentic and unfiltered advice on how to build a dream business online. I'm your host, Shana Recker, business and mindset coach with over eight years experience as an online entrepreneur. I teach women how to turn their passion into their purpose and make a profit online. I keep everything super real here for you guys. Welcome to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Keeping It Real with Shana Recker. And I'm super excited today to have a, a, a new friend, Nicole Haney from Boho Bars with us today. Um, Nicole is an entrepreneur. She started in the corporate world and she's going to share with us her story about how she went from being in corporate to creating this amazing brand called Boho Bars, which you guys, if you haven't had a Boho Bar yet, you need to, she's going to share, share with us where we can find them because they are so delicious. Like so good. Um, so I'm really excited to, to share her with you. And we met through my husband, Jason, um, who recently redid your branding, which it looks amazing. I can see it in the video here over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's an incredible brand. He did a great job. I love it. So welcome to keep it real, Nicole. We're excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Let's, let's do this. Okay. So let's start with your story. Cause I know that you started in corporate and you've transitioned into being an entrepreneur, which I think a lot of us out there want to do. So how did that unfold for you? Can you share that story with us? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the idea for Boho kind of came about um, right when I was turning 30. Um, I had really like taken a very, very traditional path in my life. Um, so I went to university, like graduated, um, I got a great job and I bought a big fancy house and I got married and I really was like doing all the normal things that people just do in their lives. And um, I remember as I was approaching 30, I was kind of thinking like, I'm not going to have a problem with 30. It's going to be totally fine. Like I had a few friends that sort of didn't take it so well. Um, and I was like, no, no, like I'm good. I feel like I have, you know, my life together. I feel good about things and it's going to be fine. Um, and then I actually turned 30 and I like sort of had a meltdown. Um, and really it was for kind of the opposite reason. Um, I was looking at everything I had accomplished in my life and I had done all these great things and I did all the things you're like supposed to do to have like a successful life. I was still just feeling like really unfulfilled. I kind of was feeling like there was something missing. And so I remember having um, a pretty deep conversation with my husband one night because we were sitting in our backyard um, and just eating dinner. I remember thinking like, I've got all these great things in my life. I've got, you know, an amazing partner. I've got a great house and like a great job and all of this stuff. And why am I still feeling like just vaguely unhappy? Like, why am I just feeling so bored all the time? And I didn't know what that was and what that feeling was. So I remember just sitting there and like tears streaming down my face thinking like, God, like I really need a change. Like I really, I really need to do something different here. Mm -hmm. So I started um, looking into kind of what that could mean for my life. Mm -hmm. I thought like, okay, do I need like a better job? Like, is it, is it my job? Mm -hmm. Like, do I need something that's more challenging maybe? So I started um, applying for jobs within the organization that I was currently in, and I was able to secure a higher level position. 
So I started in that role and I was like, okay, like I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about this. Like it's a new challenge. It's kind of going through my day-to-day life. About a year into that role, I started to kind of have some of the same feelings. I started to realize that like, honestly, my entire goal in my life, I I was 30, keep in mind, my entire goal in my life was to reach um, the ripe age of 55 so that I could like retire and like peace out and do what I actually want to do. Yeah. And I just like, I I kind of had that realization and I was like, that's crazy. Like that is crazy that I literally just am wishing away the next 25 years of my life because I am waiting to be happy. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, this is, this is not it. This is not the thing that's going to change my life. So my husband and I had gone to um, Hawaii a couple of times in the meantime with our like two weeks vacation that we had in our, in our corporate jobs. Yeah. We had gone a couple of times and we totally fell in love with it, specifically a a certain island named Kauai. I started toying with the idea of like, well, if we love it so much, like maybe we could move there. Like, why, why not? Like, if we love it so much, like, why wouldn't we go and live there? Right. Yeah. Like it was everything about it. It was, I mean, who doesn't love Hawaii? Like it's beautiful. Um, Right. But there was also like this culture. It was very, like a very laid back culture. Um, very like surfer, surfer, like hippie vibe. We both were like, Whoa, this is, these are our people. Like this is where, this is where we belong. This is where we fit in. So we actively started to pursue um, moving there Mm -hmm. and um, quickly realized that like you can't just up and move to another country without, you know, without a job or without something. Yeah. So um, paperwork and yeah, all, all the paperwork. You can't just like peace out and like go live on an island in the middle of the Pacific. only or that easy, <laughs> right? Exactly. So we were like, okay, this is going to be a lot of work, but we're going to start putting in the legwork to get us there. So we both started applying for jobs, um, and my husband actually got a telephone interview with someone, and so we were mm-hmm. like very actively pursuing this. Mm-hmm. I started to realize that like, okay, if we are actually doing this, we maybe need to tell our families that we're we're planning to do this so that they're not super shocked when we sell our house and leave. So I remember um, I I went for lunch with my mom Mm -hmm. and I sat down with her and I told her what I was thinking. My family is incredibly supportive about everything that I pursue in my life. Like I'm very, very lucky to have that. Very fortunate. Yeah. But I could, I could tell by the look on her face that she was so like sad Mm. that I was going to be moving like across the world. Mm -hmm. Like my, my family and my husband's family, like all of us are in like London and area, like my family, like aunts, uncles, cousins, like no one lives um, over an hour away. Yeah. Very close. And Yeah, we're like a very, very close-knit family. I remember just thinking like, you know, maybe it's not the right time. Like maybe this isn't the right time for us to to do this. And I started to kind of get cold feet about it because um, I'm a very like cautious person by nature. I'm not a huge risk taker. And I was like, this is crazy. Like this is legitimately a crazy thing that we're doing here. And so I kind of was like, 
the timing isn't right. Like it's not meant to be right now. Let's not do this. Let's, you know, look for something else. So I'm still working in my corporate job. Um, still kind of just going along the day to day, like grind. I started, um, to make health food for myself sort of on the side. And it literally was just for me mm-hmm. um, because I had really gotten into health and wellness. I have a humongous sweet tooth mm-hmm. and I was like, I cannot find like healthy desserts are not a thing. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so on the weekend to sort of keep my mind occupied and be doing something that I actually like enjoy and I find fulfilling, I decided that I was going to start like making this stuff. And so I did. I really, really loved it. Sort of the impetus for me to like actually quit my job and like do this completely like full force was a business trip that I went on. I had been told that it was going to be like a particularly grueling business trip and like 12, 14 hour days. Mm. I was like, man, like a girl's got to eat. Like I need, I need food. I need snacks. Um, I'm not going to have a ton of time to just like stop and, and eat like proper meals and stuff. So I went to the grocery store. I was looking up and down the health food aisle Mm -hmm. and I was looking for like some sort of packaged product that I could bring with me. That was going to be like hundred percent clean, hundred percent like whole food, no refined sugar, that something I could just throw in my purse and like grab, um, as I was on the go and I couldn't find anything. I ended up leaving um, the grocery store empty handed. I was like a little bit frustrated because I was like, man, like, why isn't this out there? Yeah. Like, why is this so impossible to find? And like, I'm busy. I don't have the time to be making my own stuff all the time. And so I went home. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to make my own stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went home. I opened my pantry and literally the stuff I had in my pantry that I thought would taste good together, threw it in a bowl and kind of hope for the best. And that was my first almond cranberry bogo bar. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So it sort of was just like a bunch of stuff kind of all crashing together all at once and making me feel like I need something different in my life. I'm already sort of doing this for myself and I love it. So like, why not Mm -hmm. kind of take that next step and make a business out of it? So you made your first bar and then how did it like, how did it go from like, okay, this bar tastes really good to like, I need to turn this into a business. Like where did that piece happen? Cause I mean, a lot of us, I mean, I'm the same. I go through the new, the health food aisle. I, first of all, I'm lost in there trying to find all the things and yeah. you know, it's just, it's, and so like, you know, anyway, side point, but what, what was that thing that made you go like, this needs to be a product in the grocery store? Um, so I think that the main thing was when I went on this business trip, I was eating these like homemade bars out of like little Ziploc baggies out of my purse. And I'm just like trying to kind of like eat it without people noticing what I was doing. because I was a little bit embarrassed by it. Um, one of my colleagues and she's also a very good friend of mine. She was like, I'm sorry, like, what is happening over here? Like, what are you eating out of your purse? What are you, what are you nibbling on in your purse there? (laughs) Exactly. So she totally called me out on it. So I told her, I just, I explained to her the whole situation and she was like, that's actually kind of cool that you were able to do that. And I was like, Oh, like, I guess I didn't really think of it that way, but she asked if she could have one. 
at the time I kind of was like, Oh, like she's being nice. Right. Yeah. Like she's going to be like su- the supportive friend. And so she ate it and she like gave me this look of genuine, like, Holy crap. Like this yeah. is amazing. Yeah, this is amazing. And so I came home from the business trip and she starts asking me to make her bars like by the batch. And I was like, okay, like I can definitely work this in when I'm making some for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that for me was the thing because that particular friend was not into like clean eating. She doesn't eat gluten free. Like that's not her thing. Yeah. Uh, And the fact that I was able to take this friend that like doesn't really care that much about healthy eating and provide her with this product that she liked enough that she was going to choose it over like a chocolate bar from the vending machine downstairs. That was the thing where I was like, this is really cool that I can influence people in this way. Mm -hmm. It becomes a mission almost, right? Like it's like, holy smokes, like I have a tool that I can create and use to help people be healthier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it was, it was something that like my choices for um, my diet and my healthy eating, I think for a lot of the time um, that I was doing it before starting this business, were sort of seen as kind of unusual, right? Like I was the girl that was bringing the homemade energy bars. I was the girl that was bringing like salads every day. And I would never like, people would be like, let's go down to the cafeteria and get burgers and poutine and whatever else. And I was like, no, like I'm good with my salad. Mm -hmm. So that was seen as like a little bit unusual. And to be able to kind of give people like a bit of a gateway drug into that lifestyle (laughs) and be like, okay, it doesn't have to be so bad. Like it doesn't have to be a salad every day. There are other options and maybe like I can be a part of bringing those options to more people. Yes. And your bars are like a drug. Like I had the coconut chocolate. I think that is there a coconut chocolate. Yeah. Yes. I could have eaten like 20 of them in a, in a mm-hmm. row. They were so, so good. Thank so you. then you're making bars for your friend, you're making bars for yourself. And then where was the, like, where, where did it go to that next level for you? Because obviously there's this point where, you know, there, we talk about a lot in, in my world about accidental entrepreneurs, people who are like kind of stumbling into having these businesses. Yeah. And there's got to be that moment in time where you're like, it goes to the next level where it's like, now you're starting to actually like maybe sell these bars. Like, is that where, like, was it like, how did it, how did it transition into actually making some money? Um, so I, I did it in probably kind of an unusual way. Um, I literally quit cold turkey. Oh, you yeah. did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was no messing around. Yeah, no messing around. I'm, I'm very well known for like being a little bit <laughs> extreme. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of don't have, go halfway on anything. Um, if I'm going to do something, I'm really well known for like really, truly like throwing myself into it and doing yeah. it completely. Yeah. And I, I had known that I needed a change. Like I, I had known a tug. Yeah. Like sitting in my backyard, tears streaming down my face and just going like, Oh my God, like I can't just sit here and do the same thing day in and day out for the next 25 years of my life. Like I need to make a change. And it was so like acute, that feeling of, I got to like, I got to get out of here. Like I, I need to, not that I didn't have a great job, but like, I need to just do something different for me. Yeah. And 
I it took about three months to build up the courage to actually like walk into my boss's office and quit my job. But after I did, I was like, this is amazing. Like, hallelujah. Yeah. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to like start my own thing. And this is incredible. And, and it was just this rush of like adrenaline and, and happiness and like knowing that this was the right choice. Yeah. You know? And, and, and with that, it's not to say the fear wasn't there. Oh yeah, there's so much there's always fear. But that's such an important point because I think yeah. a lot of times people will will stop themselves because they're afraid and they don't yeah. they don't quite understand what the fear means. Like is the fear mean I shouldn't? Does the fear mean I should? And it's like if 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 the um if the feeling of anxiety and feeling like literally ill about doing your business and and like not doing your business but going to work for a job that you don't love, if that's, if that's the kind of feeling that's coming up and you're getting this nudge to do something, but it's a little bit scary to me, yeah. that's a fear you need to follow, right? Absolutely. You can't let the fear stop you. Like I literally, um, threw up the morning that, <laughs> that I was going to quit. Like I literally had so much anxiety and so much fear about doing this that I lit, like I literally was sick that morning but I just, I like, I knew I had to do it. And I had talked to like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs experience this. I had talked to so many people. I I'm such a like heavily analytical person. And so I was analyzing this thing to death. Like overthinking is my superpower. And <laughs> I, like, I, <laughs> yeah, like I just, I overthought this thing to death. I was like, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And you know, I would talk to other people and the response that I was getting is like, this is super risky mm-hmm. and you should be scared because you are giving up like the stability of this, this really good job. But like kind of, you only live once, right? Yeah. You only live once Absolutely. and you have to do like what is going to make you happy. And if, if this is what's going to make you happy, you have to try and at least try, right? Yeah. And like worst case scenario that day, all I could tell myself to make myself not be sick again was worst case scenario. I can always go back to my office job. Yeah. You know, like worst case scenario, I try this and it doesn't work. Like it's okay. Like it's actually going to be okay. It won't be the end of the world. Like I'm just going to try it, see what happens and kind of go from there. Yeah. And it's reminding yourselves too, because it's like, I think our brain goes into this, like, this fight or flight thing. It's like, if you quit that, like you're literally going to have nothing and you're going to die. Right. Like yeah, it's, yeah. that's like literally the sense of fear that we get when we do something that's scary, but we're, we're resourceful people. Like we can always figure it out. We can always work through something, but we don't, we don't recognize that, that, you know, simple fact when we're going through something scary, we just go right to the Holy crap. If I quit, like it's it, it's over. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That. Yeah. And that feeling was, a hundred percent there. But I just, I knew that for me, like I knew in my gut, you know, that I needed to do this and at least give it a try. Um, because like, otherwise I just knew I was going to continue going through the same thing, like over and over and over again. And I wasn't going to be happy. Yeah. And so for me, like, yeah. I just needed to be, I needed that. 
you just knew it. And so what opened up for you once you made that decision? Because I am a true believer that when you make a decision to do something and you're definite in it, the universe knows they like the universe conspires for those who know where they're going. So what happened once you made that decision? Like, like share us that piece of the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, so literally the first day that I didn't have a job, um, I sat down at my dining room table and I was like, good. So I've never even worked in the food industry. So I, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing like whatsoever. Like this is honestly, it's the craziest thing I had ever done. And again, I'm a risk adverse person. So I don't know like how I managed to get there, but I was like, okay, cool. So I'm unemployed. I have no idea what I'm doing. I need to figure it out. And so I just started researching everything, really just putting, like you said, like putting that out there to the world. Like I am a new entrepreneur, don't really know what I'm doing. How do I get started? Yeah. I kind of stumbled on the small business center um, here in London they were really able to guide me and help me with some direction. And so that was sort of the real start of it for me was meeting with a business advisor and sitting down and being like, great. So I have no idea what I'm doing. Please help me. Right. Here I am a new entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that was kind of, that sort of got the ball rolling for like, okay, what am I doing? What do I want? Um, and how am I going to get there? Mm. And so they walked you through it. So basically it's like having a mentor, like somebody who's going, okay, this is step one. You need to get, you know, probably licensed in this, or you need yeah. to have this kind of a kitchen set up, or you need to have these kinds of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so those so, were like all the first steps. Yeah. So having that and, and then, and then, so you, you get those first steps and you get all the, the boxes ticked so you can actually start creating a product Mm-hmm. And, and so what was it like the first time? Like, did you start selling them in, in like fairs? Like, you know, like in park, you know, when they have those park fairs or those uh, venues that happen on the weekends, like, is that where you kind of started or where did that, where did that go? Um, so I honestly started just in my home. Like I was, it was like an online, like order only type of deal. And, um, I really quickly realized that like, this was not like I needed to get in front of people somehow. And so we're absolutely right. Like I knew I needed to put my face in front of the people that were going to purchase my product. I was able to secure a spot at um, a local farmer's market Nice. And that opened so many doors Yeah. because that really got the ball rolling of like, here, here's who I am. Like, here's what I'm doing. And that honestly, like that really was the dream from the start was like, I'm going to quit my corporate job and not live in that world anymore and not have like business meetings and suits and briefcases and all of that. I'm going to take my health food products Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go to a farmer's market and sell them one day a week. Like I naively kind of thought this is how I'm going to earn a living. My new life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that's the dream, right? Is like, you know, tend to my veggie garden and like walk my dogs and, and one day a week work at a farmer's market selling a product I created. Yeah. Um, So that was, yeah, that definitely like, got the ball rolling. And then I slowly sort of started to realize that that's not 
the reality of, of running a business. Creating a big business. Now, um, so at what point did you enter into like, so you said you had a website, so you had to learn how to have a website, especially one that was online shopping because people could order the bars through your website and you had to ship and receive and all of those things. Right. So yeah. you literally had to figure this stuff out as you went uh, yeah. and you did right. And what, what kind of a role did social media play for you um, as far as building your brand and building your business online? Um, huge, 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 especially Instagram. Yeah. Um, I kind of knew like right off the hop that my market was going to be like me, right? Because I had, I had made these products for myself initially. And so I thought, well, who's going to buy these products? It's going to be me. Mm -hmm. And my age group is all over Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually interesting because prior to starting my business, like I had an Instagram account, but it really was not, mm -hmm. I didn't post on it. Like I wasn't a regular poster, you know, selfies, all the rest like that has come um, more recently to me yeah. um, since starting the business. But yeah, like I definitely was like, this is where my market is looking. This is where they're active and I need to put like my brand and my products and my face in front of these people mm -hmm. and make sure that they're aware that we even exist. Yeah. Because like as an order only at home bakery, um, I was kind of just like sitting there like crossing my fingers and being like, hopefully someone places an order. Like, and I remember getting my first order. Um, I didn't even have email as an option. I had literally you call me. And on my personal cell phone, I'm not even kidding. You call me on my personal cell phone and you say like, I want a dozen gluten-free brownies. And I'm like, great. Okay, fantastic. So I'm going to take your name and phone number. Here's my home address. Like come in, you know, knock on the door yeah. and I'll hand you your brownies. Yes. And here's a block bags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that literally is where, where it started. And that was I was like, okay, like I need to have, if I'm going to be a bakery, like a healthy bakery, whatever, I need to have like a space to sell my products in a physical sense because like that kind of wasn't, that side of things wasn't necessarily working the best for me having sort of a product that's usually an impulse buy, right? Yeah. I love that. And, and the thing is, is like, I think as an entrepreneur myself, I mean, in a totally different business, but as entrepreneurs in general, we have to like do things. You got to like take steps and then yeah. assess what's working and what's not working and then take another step. And it's like a constant dance that we're doing to try and figure out the best combination of the way we're doing things to find what connects, right? Have you been feeling that? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I remember I like talking about starting my website. I took literally uh, like a month. The first month I was in operation, I took to work on my website. Like every single day, I was like tinkering with it and like tweaking this and tweaking that. And I remember my, my one friend was like, you need to just get your website like up and running. Like you've been unemployed for a month. Yeah. And I have some pretty real friends. Um, but she was like, you've been unemployed for a month. Like get your website up. And I was like, no, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Yeah. Like, what are, what are people going to think? Like what's going to be the assessment of, of the whole situation. And, um, she was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it looks great. You need to just do it and stop worrying about it being perfect that is a thousand percent a lesson I've learned over and over and over again in the business is like, 
you have to just, like you're saying, you have to just do things mm-hmm. and sometimes they're not going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's actually like totally, not only is it okay, that's fantastic when it yeah. doesn't work because that's when you learn things. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's when you learn and you can adjust and like make it better. But if everything was just perfect from the get go, like you would never learn anything. No, you wouldn't. And I don't think, I think the whole point of us doing this is, um, we we're, we're constantly trying to grow and evolve. Right. And if it was just perfect and we just did it and it was just good. Okay. Well, we, there's no growth that happens there. There's no more. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'm good here now. And it's like, you can't live like that. We're always trying to evolve and grow. Uh, one of the things you'd mentioned too, and I think this is, this is so cool because I always find this in the coaching space that they say that your ideal client is often a former version of you. And it's the same in the product space really too, because like you said, your ideal client is someone like you who was searching for something that was, you know, easily accessible, but healthy. And, and that's who your target is, right? It's basically a different version of you or former version of you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I love it. And so now Boho Bars, um, so you've, you've gone through, you've made the mistakes, you're doing the social media, um, you're, you're building the brand, you've just rebranded your, your logo and all your stuff. And so where is Boho Bars today? So tell us how has that, what does that look like today now? Oh, how has the growth happened? Yeah. Um, so having been at the, the farmer's market and sort of selling the base goods and the bars were a part of that, mm-hmm. uh, but they were sort of like an afterthought. They were kind of a side thing. Um, and starting to realize that the dream of working one day a week at a farmer's market wasn't necessarily reality. I started to toy with ideas of like, okay, how do I grow this and how do I expand it and make it like a real business? You know, one of the the obvious thought with a bakery is like, well, I could get a storefront. Mm-hmm. But I kind of quickly like nixed that idea because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, like I'm going to be in the same situation that I'm currently in where mm-hmm. I might be selling a bit more for sure with a storefront that's open, you know, five or seven days a week or whatever it is. But um, my overhead is going to be astronomical. And so I'm not actually going to be making any more money than what I'm currently making at a farmer's market, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of decided, like, that's not the path I'm going to go down. People were already starting to buy some of our baked goods, like, at the wholesale level. Yeah. Uh, So selling them to cafes and stuff so that they can resell them. Mm -hmm. So I started to go down that path pretty, like, definitively. This was one of those moments where I felt like I had actually um, gone down a path that wasn't going to work. I started to realize, okay, like my margins on these baked goods are not, they're not high enough. They're not good enough to make sort of that, um, that path work with like the traditional like brownies and donuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And sort of at the same time, people were starting to um, be more demanding of the bars as well. Like people were starting to buy like 12, 24 of them at a time at the farmer's market. I was starting to realize like people love these and they want them to be more accessible to them like in other stores. So I was like, I think this is, I think this is the path forward. There's a demand for these. Mm-hmm. There are products that's going to work on like a business level of things and on the business side of things. And I think we really need to just push it in this direction. Mm-hmm. And so I started to go out with um, the packaging that we had before, which was mm-hmm. packaging was like a clear bag 
and like a, a hand designed um, brand that I did myself. And like we were printing labels on like my home printer and peeling and sticking onto Wait, all the that. I love that because I'm going to pause you right there because I think people need to know that starting a business, it doesn't have to be all the all the things, the all perfect. Like you can literally be stamping stuff at night in your basement in order to build a business. That's how a lot of us get started, right? Absolutely. I think that's the reality of it. And I think that's something that like as entrepreneurs, we need to be talking about more because you do have a tendency to like compare yourself and look at other businesses and see all the bright, shiny things. Yes. And not see the like, you know, two or three years prior that of like the blood, sweat and tears that went into that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What you were saying, like hand to hand sticking, hand stamping, everything, you know, everything laid out across my dining room table and like doing it, enlisting my mom and my husband and like literally everyone was helping to, to get this started and get it off the ground. But as we started to get into like bigger and bigger and bigger stores, mm-hmm. I started to realize like this, this clear, like grassroots package, it's not going to cut it when it's sitting next to another product on a shelf at like Sophie's. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I decided, okay, this is the time. Like I need, I need a rebrand. I need to refresh the look and make it look a little bit more professional so that it can compete. Cause this is an incredibly um, saturated market that I'm in and you have to, you have to be competitive, Mm -hmm. um, in order to succeed. That was when I I reached out to Jason for the branding and the, the logo design. And I just said, like, I need this particular look. Like I really wanted it to reflect who I felt I was, what I wanted the business to be. Um, so that was like that whole like West coast vibe, like the beachy feel and like kind of bringing a piece of that Hawaii dream, like into, into my everyday life in the business. Yeah. And so I really wanted to kind of have that be the branding, but still have a really like premium feel to the product because it is a high quality product. Yes. And so he was able to, to, um, execute on all of those things and create like a perfect brand for what I was looking for. And so that leveled you up in all of the spaces you were currently in. And would you say that that's helped you also level you like level up your business? So it's, it's almost like you invested, which I think is so important to also talk about is that you do have to invest in your business in order to make it become a reality. There is a financial piece that goes to all of this. Um, and so when you did that, it up-leveled your game, which now you're actually in grocery stores, correct? Like you, that opened doors for you. So we were before the rebrand, we were in like, um, a bunch of health food stores and we were really trying to crack into the Toronto market and having a hard time with it again, because the branding wasn't professional enough. Um, and so, yeah, since the rebrand, we have partnered with Sobeys Canada, which is so cool. Um, it's honestly like, it's such a a cool dream come true for me, um, to be able to compete with the bigger brands now and, and have that very professional, very polished look that people are drawn to and they're going to pick it up. They're going to see our bar sitting next to some of the other major competitors and they're going to pick it up and try it, right? And then the quality is going to keep them coming back for more. Yeah, and so I do think that that 100% made 
such a huge difference to the success of the business. I love that. I love that. So how, if you were to say like from the span of the day that you were making them in your kitchen for you and your friend to today, like what's the timeline on that? Like how many years has this been? How long's it been? Um, so it's been about three and a half years. Um, since I actually like kind of walked away from my job and made that decision and left and then starting the bakery, going down that path and then really pushing forward with the bars. Um, yeah, it's been about three and a half years, which is insane. Like it feels like a long amount of time, but also it feels like the blink of an eye, like it's gone by so, so fast. I was just actually saying to, um, some of my staff this morning that, we had uh, a Sobe store um, actually call us today and specifically request our product. Like someone I had never spoken with before. Amazing. And I just thought like, how incredible is that? That like, that yeah, I could go from making these bars in my home kitchen for like myself to now having them be requested at one of the major grocery stores in Canada. Like it's so... So cool. it's such in your journey of all of this, how much, like, did you do goal setting? Do you do vision? Like, or do you, do you have visualizations? Did you set those goals and those visions for yourself and your business along the way? Like, did that play a role in, in your success? Do you think? Um, I do now, definitely now within, I would say within the past like a year or so I've started like very serious goal setting At the beginning, I very much, again, had this like super kind of like laid back dream of what it was going to be like. And I was kind of just going along for the ride to see, to see what worked, to see if it did work even, or if it didn't. Um, And then when I started to get really serious about the bars, that's when I was like, I need to dig in and I need to do this because like, again, I, I do things fully and completely. And once I made that decision, I said, okay, I'm going to start setting these goals and these milestones for myself that I want to see accomplished. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to have that because I think sometimes we can come into our businesses accidentally and we kind of just stumble and we start doing them and going, Hey, wait a minute, there's a demand for this. And I think we can get so far that way. And then I think to, to, to next level it, it's like, it requires us to, you know, have to have that vision and to know, okay, these are the numbers we did last year. What numbers do we want to do this year and kind of set those projections? Cause you obviously went from a team of one, which was you creating the bars and you just mentioned you have staff now. So like grown that significantly. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty, like, it's a pretty cool feeling. I'm very, very grateful for all the success that we've had so far, but I completely agree with you. Like, I think that there is like a next level commitment also that happens, right? And you have to consciously make that decision to be all in. And what I have found is that I've had to make it like several times, right? (laughs) Recommit. Yeah, you have to like recommit and recommit and recommit to it because it is so friggin' hard. Like, honestly, like the reality of running a business is that it is extremely hard. And, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times that I'm not a natural risk taker. The, the financial risks involved with starting a business, like, do keep me up at night. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, it is so hard to, to get past that stuff. But I think in order for it to be successful, honestly, I think that you need to like really truly commit to your business Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I want. 
this is where I want to go. This is how I think I'm going to get there mm-hmm. and just like, just do it. Just do- um, yeah, because if you're wishy-washy or if you have like, I've known a few entrepreneurs that have sort of a bit of a, a safety net because they have kind of a fallback job or a fallback yeah. plan. Like if you're not all in it, if you're not super committed to it, it isn't going to get as far as it could get, as you could make it get um, if you 100% commit to it. I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, for those people who are out there listening to this right now who are like, okay, well, you know, I want to start my own business. Um, and maybe financially it's not a spot for you right this minute where you're going to like, just, you know, like you did go in and quit your job and not, I, I get that not everybody can literally do that. I mean, we have to pay the bills and all the things, but start putting the plan in place, like start to say, okay, by this time next year, I want to be out of my job and, and doing this. And then in your time, in the spare time that you have, work on your on your personal business, work on your brand and try and get to that space where you can, you know, do that. And, and there still may be some risk involved. Like I remember quitting my corporate job and I just remember being like, like knowing that I, you know, like you, it was just like, I just knew if I was going to make my, my career at that time work, I had to let go. And, um, it's, it's amazing what happens when you do finally make that decision and let go, how things, you know, come together. But, and how much did personal development play a role for you in this? Like, did you read books on like mindset and like on business and like, did you hire any mentors or did you have like, I know you worked with a small business, um, you know, but was there anybody else that you reached out to? Um, how did that look for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Honestly, people will sometimes ask me like what my biggest um, challenge has been with my business. And it's such a a hard question because there's so many, but what I always go back to is the like the personal challenges and the personal growth that happens with the business. Like I, I was kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better way, Way of putting it like I felt like I was this scared little girl starting my business like I was afraid to drive on the highway for crying out loud like there were so many things that um, I just didn't feel comfortable with starting a business like you have to get comfortable with those things very very quickly yeah very very quickly because um, you're forced to like I mean realistically like if you want to make it successful, like there are things that you're going to have to do that are outside of your comfort zone. You can't just not do them. And there's no, there's no one else to be like, Oh, you know, maybe this person could do this or this person could do this. Like realistically for me starting out and for a lot of entrepreneurs, like it is just yourself for a long period of time. Right. And so you have to do everything and be everything. Um, as someone that is like more introverted in nature, I found it very hard to get out and do sales calls. And I still find it very hard to face that rejection like over and over and over again, but you have to do it. Like there's no one else. Right. And so you kind of, you learn to, to grow and you learn to find ways to make yourself more comfortable with it and to learn to be okay with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Yeah. And I found for myself going through it, like I, I was on my own for so long and I was getting frustrated trying to figure everything out. Cause you do have to be resourceful. And there is a certain extent that I was trying to figure everything out. And then 
I sourced out somebody who was doing what I was doing or what I wanted to do. And then I was like, Hey, can I hire you to show me some of these steps? Cause I'm wasting a lot of time and a lot of money right now trying to figure out how to do this thing. And, And I hired my first like business coach and it changed the game for me. I was like, Oh, okay. Like I can do that. And now it's like, like literally helped me put the pieces together a little easier. And I think that's was something. And now like, I'm a huge fan of masterminds. I'm a huge fan of business masterminds and like just being around like-minded entrepreneurs, be able to share ideas and goals and have people there to offer advice and support. And I think that as an entrepreneur, especially if you're on your own to source out that kind of stuff, because it can literally be a game changer. Would you like agree? Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, it is so, so important to like surround yourself with other entrepreneurs that are doing similar things to you. Yeah. Um, when I first started out my farmer's market booth at the Western fair was right beside, um, nuts for cheese. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, Margaret, who is the owner of nuts for cheese, she was doing her farmer's market booth herself as well. And so every Saturday morning, like her and I would sit down and we would sip our coffees and talk about how tired we were because it was 8 a.m. And um, we would just like chat and we we became friends. And from there, like I would sometimes reach out to her and just text her and be like, hey, so I'm thinking about doing this. Like, who do you use to do that? Or like, how do you think I should go about this? Maybe we can have you grab a glass of wine or something and like chat about it. And she was so, so helpful and so, um, so open to like helping me because that's where she started too. And she wanted to like help pay it forward and and do as much as she could to help me out. I love it. And then you come to the table, like a mastermind, whether it's you and one other person or you and a group of five or six or whatever, you come to the table with different skill sets. So it's like, you know, she may be really good at this, but then you offer this. And then it's like just this exchange of, amazing ideas and thoughts that help everyone grow. Like it's such an important piece to have that in your business. Have someone like that. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Okay. So where can everybody, so I know that your bars, um, you're online. So what's your website? Just so we let everybody know where they are. Yeah. So, uh, the website is bohobars.com. So B O H O B A R S.com. Awesome. And I'm going to put that in the show notes and in all the spaces and stuff. And now you're also available in Sobeys, correct? We are, we are, which is so cool. Um, so yeah, we're available in Sobeys across, um, Southwestern Ontario now, and we're starting to reach, um, towards the GTA with them. And then hopefully, um, we'll be national by the end of the year. That's incredible. And you can buy them by the box and individually there? Um, You can buy them individually there. If you want to buy them by the box, you can absolutely buy them from us online. Um, We do offer bulk discounts as well. So if you absolutely love them and you want to bring one with you every single day for your snack, uh, then definitely buy from us online and we'll set you up. Sent the boxes. I'm like, I'm already pre-ordering like 10 boxes of the coconut chocolate. It's like, it's just so there. I love your bars because they're like, they're moist and they're like, they're just like, they're just so you guys, they're so good. I can't describe it enough. Like they're so, so delicious. Thank um, you. That's amazing. And you're on Instagram and it's at Boho Bars, right? On Instagram. Yeah. At Boho Bars. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. And the branding looks amazing. Um, you guys are doing a fantastic job. I just, I'm so, it's just so awesome to hear these stories. 
of people who have just like had a passion, you know, just wanted to make it work. And just like, do you feel now like you're living more fulfilled than you did when you were, you know, three years ago or when you were 30 at the table crying because you were hating, like not hating your job, but just feeling like this is it. This is all I got. Yes. A hundred percent. Absolutely. It is, it's hard. It's very hard to, to get started and um, you will have hard days for sure. But like, it's so incredible to be able to like take a piece of myself and put that out there to the world and say, okay, guys, like this is, this is me and this is my voice and this is what I'm doing and offering to the world and feeling like I'm making a little bit of a difference in people's lives and in the choices that they make, um, in their diets every day is like, it's an incredibly fulfilling feeling. So yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And I think that for those who are listening, it's like, just know that if you're ready to, you know, take this entrepreneurial journey, if you're ready to take that passion, that thing that you want to build and and put out to the world, just know it's going to come with, with, with struggle. Like that's just part of the the piece of being an entrepreneur. And I think it makes it better. It does. I think that, you know, they always say the joy is in the journey right? It's not about getting to this one space where all of a sudden you're a millionaire and your brand is known all over the world. And like, you're just going to be happy for the rest of your life. That's not where the happiness lives. The happiness lives in the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns, all the things in between. And the reward for going through all of that is living a life that has more choice, more freedom, more time, more money, all of those things. But that's not exactly where the joy comes. You know, it's like, the joy is in all these things that we're learning along the way. Absolutely. So I love that. I love that. Well, this has been so awesome, Nicole. I so appreciate your time and in sharing your story. And I can't wait to share Boho Bars with all of the listeners out there. Um, so we will get all of your information and stuff put on, uh, on all these places and spaces. If you guys are listening to this right now, you can check it out on Instagram. I'll have it in the show notes there at keeping it real with Shane Recker and also at shanerecker.com. You'll be able to find all of the information about Boho Bars. And Nicole, thank you so, so much. This has been wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for having me on and, and thank you all your listeners for listening. Yes, you're inspiring so many today. So I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got such great value from this episode. But before you go, I want to ask you, have you ever wanted to start your own online business? build your own brand, help others with what you've experienced, but haven't the first clue of where you even begin? Are you tired of putting it off year after year out of fear? Because girl, I have something that can help you. I want to invite you to head over to shanerecker.com and pick up my new free guide to starting your online hustle. In this guide, I teach you how to build your online business step by step. Everything you need in order to get your business started and in the online space. Check it out at shanerecker.com. Okay, guys, that's it for now. Until next time.